Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Friends, welcome to Praying for America. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here. You know, the chaos uh, in the Biden campaign, the chaos in the Democrat uh, Party, uh, the chaos on the Democrat side of the aisle with this presidential election, the risks, the ominous storm clouds, I think they all are getting more severe. Uh, I'm going to share a few things with you uh, here tonight that uh, are just more negatives uh, for Biden. And uh, of course, uh, that's good for prospects of turning this country around because we can't have him him in there for another term. And when I say him, I I don't mean just him personally, because I don't think he, uh, I don't really, really less than ever think that he has any chance of being, being the next president. But, uh, but, but, but the, but the Democrats, any Democrat, we got to get the Democrats completely out of power. And that of course is a, a frequent theme that we are talking about here and delving into the reasons why. But there are a lot of risks and threats on the horizon that I want to uh, talk about here tonight, including somebody else who has formalized his entry into the Democrat primary, even as various members of the Republican primary are pulling out. I also want to look at one of the techniques that the anti-Trump people are using. We've talked about it here before. And uh, it, it, it's continuing to roll forward, but I think it's going to roll right into a, a brick wall made out of uh, a certain material called the Constitution. But we will talk a little bit about that, too. And uh, then um, a few other things, including the U.S. Senate. Where, where's the U.S. Senate going to go? Because, you know, we have to make sure that we're keeping our eyes on the House and the Senate. And uh, I talked to you uh, yesterday about the 2023 races that we have to keep an eye on all of that too. Uh, and finally, one of the signs that the left is uh, really doing poorly in governing, the Democrats are really doing poorly in governing, and that is the mass migration out of the blue states. So these are some of the things I want to touch on here. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's look at Matthew's Gospel. And we have that familiar passage in Matthew 16 where Jesus asks his apostles who people say that he is. He takes a little little, little kind of poll here. And uh, let's see what happens. Matthew 16, 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Let us pray. Lord, we rejoice that we belong to a nation where our founders acknowledge the same thing, along with Peter, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who will come to judge the living and the dead, that you are indeed the Lord and ruler of every nation. And so, Lord, as we think tonight, and as we pray tonight over the, the winds and the waves of politics, we remind ourselves that we are rooted in the solid foundation of your word, your truth, your grace, your kingdom. Your kingdom outlasts all kingdoms. Your kingship outlasts all political campaigns and candidates, all reigns of authority and terms of office. Your term of office, O Lord, is eternal. Your reign, O God, is forever. We have our citizenship in heaven. And Lord, we know that only there are things stable, reliable, predictable, safe. Here on this earth, no matter how great our nation may be, and we are living in the greatest, we suffer from the winds and waves of time and change of corruption and division, of competition, of the rise and the fall of leaders and empires and efforts and campaigns and parties. Lord, amidst all these changes, may we keep our eyes focused on you, our hearts rooted in your word, our desires rooted in your will, and our families secure in your love. Protect our nation. May we do everything we can make it great. We pray through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We've talked about it before. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Section 3. After the Civil War, various uh, Confederate officers from the South ran for election. And Those in the Union said, well, wait a minute, we can't let them achieve by elections what they were trying to achieve by war and lost. Anybody who betrayed the United States, anybody who was involved in insurrection against the United States, they, they, they're disqual they disqualified themselves. They disqualified themselves by doing that. It was a provision put in place for an immediate need following the Civil War to keep these Confederate officers out of office. Case law since 1870 has been consistent in the following point, that if anyone thinks about using this particular portion of this particular amendment to keep somebody else out of office, now that the aftermath of the Civil War is passed and we don't have Confederate officers running for in elections, it would have to be by a process by which they are convicted of a federal crime which is upheld in court. In other words, Congress is responsible for implementing and enforcing this uh, amendment, and therefore 
by criminal statute, someone has to be found guilty of violating it, and be tried, found guilty, convicted, and then the conviction upheld on appeal. That has been the case law since 1870. This has absolutely nothing to do with the factual situation surrounding President Trump or January 6th. And brothers and sisters, we've talked about this before, and we've talked about actually quite a long time ago on this program as to how the left, and since then they have failed even more consistently and spectacularly than they had at the time when we first talked about this. They have failed to turn support away from President Trump because of fake indictments and fake charges that have absolutely nothing to do with the rule of law. The other side likes to say, oh, nobody's above the law, except that they're not even talking about law. They have no basis in law. And so they try this. They're moving ahead with trying this. And the latest clowns to get into the act are the folks in Colorado who have sued, have gotten the Colorado. Colorado has become so, so Democrat. It's just so, such a corrupt. It's a, sad, it's a sad place. It really is. I really feel sorry for those of you that are that are living there, uh, although I've been with many of you in, a, in the pro-life uh, arena, we'll be back for different events, but my goodness, politically speaking, off the rails. And um, so these, these, these Democrat judges out there in these courts actually trying to keep President Trump off the ballot uh, there in Colorado for the, uh, for the presidential race. The legal theory is complete nonsense. Now, because this is a bench trial because the judge in this, in this particular case has already demonstrated clear bias against uh, anyone having anything to do with January 6th uh, in the Capitol and clear bias against President Trump. It's quite conceivable, quite likely, I would say, that uh, the judge will rule uh, against uh, President Trump's team and say, oh, he can't be on the ballot. But that that nonsense, again, has absolutely no basis in case law statute or the or the or the understanding uh, that we've uh, had since then of the 14th amendment section 3 uh will be reversed on appeal and uh, make these clowns look like the clowns that they actually are uh all of this only ends up serving to strengthen again president trump's side and supporters seeing yet again a desperate and ultimately failed attempt by the left to decide our elections for us. You see, that's what it boils down to. That's why he keeps talking about election interference. Is a court going to decide this election for you, or should you, the voter, you see, you, the voters, we, the voters, if we see a problem with what President Trump or anybody else did in relationship to January 6th, we've got a remedy for that already in our hands. It's our vote. So we don't like what somebody somebody did, or we think somebody was on, disloyal to the United States. Or we we just we just you know fill in that little uh, circle on the ballot uh, for the person that we we want. Vote against whoever you don't want. That's how this has to be resolved, not by by biased judges and attorneys. Not even acting in this case with a with a jury or anything like that but letting their own mental bias literally say to you and me, say in this case to the citizens and voters of Colorado, well, you can't, you don't have a choice here to vote for this particular person because we've determined that he's disqualified for office. What nonsense 
What nonsense this is, brothers and sisters, what nonsense this is. Keep an eye on that. We'll keep commenting on it, but I, it's going to go down in flames for these Democrats and for these left-wing lunatics who hate the Constitution anyway. They couldn't care less about the 14th Amendment or what Section 3 really means. It's because, because of their lack of respect for the Constitution that they feel like they're able to insert into it anything they want. All right. Talk about other disasters. Okay, so today... We had in Congress this um, testimony uh, here from uh, two of Biden's top advisors asking, uh, asking the Senate to uh, provide billions of more dollars uh, to, for, for Biden's package. Now, aiding Israel? Absolutely. In fact, Biden is not doing enough in that regard because uh, he's, uh, he's, not, he's, uh, he's allowing the, the intercept um, missiles to be depleted in uh, in Israel. You know, they have this Iron Dome, they have this missile system that intercepts the incoming missiles and rockets and and uh, keeps them safe, but but they need more of these uh, intercepting uh, uh, intercepting missiles. And uh, Biden's not uh, not keeping up with uh, not keeping up with this. He's giving more money to Ukraine. And, you know, many of you have been following this in great, quite a bit of detail and with quite a bit of passion. And uh, today, once again, we have these uh, people talking about uh, uh, an ambitious funding plan. Yes, including Israel, including border security, but mixing Ukraine in with it as well. Can we, can we please separate these issues? Support for Israel is much more popular than support for, for Ukraine. Why does he have to combine the two? Because he's trying to lift up, he's trying to lift up on the coattails of the support for Israel, the flagging support for Ukraine. That's obvious what he's trying to do. But can we not play around with this? Have separate allocations, separate votes, separate the thing. And this is what we have to say to our let 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 your let your senators know let your representatives know that this is exactly what you uh, what the way you think what you want uh, to happen here. He's not lifting a finger, of course, uh, in regard to anything in terms of the sanctions against Iran, and all of this would not be happening if this. Uh, uh, <laughs> tens of billions of dollars were not pouring into Iran because Biden failed to uh, reimpose and lifted at the earliest opportunity the sanctions President Trump had on the uh, sale of, of oil by Iran. And could we please, again, just stop aiding these hateful terrorists? Just stop. Biden could really, uh, and the Democrats could really, really put a monkey wrench into the plans of the terrorists by reimposing uh, the policies that President Trump had in regard to these, uh, these sanctions on oil. Not lifting a finger, furthermore, to protect the U.S. dollar. And, you know, this ultimately affects our ability to sp spend on our own defense. It's an interesting history. It was an agreement from, uh, in the, the literally the last weeks of his life of uh, FDR with, uh, with Saudi Arabia. After, after World War II, to say, uh, let's have an agreement that you will only uh, deal with uh, the 
the U.S. dollar make it the world currency. And of course, that was then later ratified uh, as the uh, various international financial institutions were created. The world currency became the dollar. And what that gives us the ability to do is to just is to print our own money in order to pay our expenses. Other countries uh, can't do that. But now, of course, the BRICS, and we've talked about this before, various nations, including China, gathering together and saying, no, we're not going to recognize the U.S. dollar anymore as the world currency. We're going to use gold or some other currency. And that puts the United States then, of course, at a big disadvantage, um, including the ability to fund uh, defense. So, but, but again, Biden is doing nothing about this at all and not voicing any kind of opposition to this or raising it as an issue or a problem or pushing back against it. Why? Because he, he's not for America. Sad to say. Sad to say. But actions speak louder than words, or we might say the lack of action speaks louder than words. So, big looming threat. I mean, it might not seem like a big looming threat. Let's put it this way. It's a threat for chaos. It's It's a it's a um, it's yet another obstacle in the way for Biden that this representative now from Minnesota, Dean Phillips, has jumped into the Democrat primary for president. Now, there's that, and there's also what's been happening with the state of New Hampshire, which we've also commented on in the past, but just to bring you uh, up to date here. So let's look at New Hampshire for a moment and then how this Dean Phillips uh, plays into all this. Um, Now, on the Republican side, of course, President Trump continues to solidify his hold on the nomination. And, you know, it's hardly worth hardly worth uh, paying much attention to uh, uh, the primary on the Republican side at this point. But, um, you know, really what this let me just comment on that. This election is shaping up to be Donald J. Trump versus Democrat tyranny. That, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm looking at this more and more. It makes sense to me. Versus Democrat tyranny, not just versus Biden, because for some of the reasons I'm going to mention here, it's less and less clear. It's less and less clear that Biden uh, has a chance of even being the nominee. Obviously, there's division on this within the Democrat ranks, and there's division of opinion on this among commentators, but I think it's less and less likely that he's going to even be the nominee. But in a sense, it doesn't matter. You think somebody, some, you think some other Democrat who gets the, the nomination, if Biden is pushed out or if he's just incapable of moving forward, is going to switch the the ideology of the party? You think they're going to be any less rooted in the Marxist anti-American ideology that we've been studying about through Mark Levin's book, The Democrat Party Hates America? I mean, is it possible that any Democrat nominee is not going to be hook, line, and sinker right in in step with this anti-America, destructive ideology and policy that the Democrats have had on full display? No, there's no chance. There's no chance of that. Of course they're going to. So it's President Trump who knows how to fight the deep state, who knows how to point out Marxism when he sees it, who has been doing so, who's been sounding the alarm about the Democrats, who has policies that are going to put America back on American footing, 
versus not simply Biden. It's President Trump solidified in the in the Republican primary versus the Democrat machine, the Democrat Marxist agenda that hates America. That's this election. And that also explains a lot of the support for President Trump continuing to grow because Americans realize they're fighting for America. Even if President Trump is not their first choice, he's the man in the ring. He's the one in the arena right now. Above all others, towering above all others, he's the one to fight back this anti-American Democrat party. So that's the presidential race. And I think the more we talk about it, starting right now, in those terms, the quicker we'll get people on board. We're racing against the clock. In a few days, it's going to be exactly one year until the presidential election. Big, big circle on the calendar, November 5th. It's this Sunday. This Sunday is one year to Election Day 2024. And if you got your 2024 calendar already or will be getting it pretty soon during the holiday season, my goodness, there'll be a big red circle. November 5th, there should be another big red circle on your calendar for 2024. Namely, the first day of early voting in your state. Now, of course, we have the primaries. That's, that's uh, Put that aside for the moment. But for the general election for 2024, two big red circles on your calendar. The first day of early voting in your state. You can find out what that is on your state's election website. And then, of course, the general election day itself. Maybe your state doesn't have early voting, but if it does, utilize it, utilize it. Make it. That's election day, by the way. So then we, we talk in terms of election day, but then we can start voting early. No, no, no. The first day of early voting is election day. And then you vote all the rest of the days, too. And you have the same fervor of bringing other people on board. So, okay, back to this primary business in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, by state law, has always been the first primary in the primary season for presidential elections. Of course, we know we have the Iowa caucuses. Those are coming up right in the middle of January. But then towards the end of January, next in line, first primary, Iowa's a caucus, first primary, is New Hampshire. Must be the first in the nation, according to state law. It's a venerable tradition. Uh, except Biden didn't do so well there. He did better in South Carolina. So guess what he wants? Oh, we want uh, we want uh, Democrat Party and Biden. They want they want South Carolina to be first. You see that. A lot of what happens in the presidential primaries, as many of you know very, very well, it's psychological. A, a lot of what goes on in, 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 as the presidential race unfolds, and once the primaries begin, it's, it's psychological. Who ends up winning in those first couple of primaries? They get big momentum. They raise the hopes of their followers, or on the other hand, there's a lot of disappointment if somebody doesn't give a strong showing in those early primaries. Very, very, very powerful dynamic in the in a presidential race, how they do in those initial primary races. So you can see why, you know, someone like Biden has fallen flat on his face in more ways than one. Uh, would say, hey, I got to have a strong start in the primary. So you know what? Never mind, new guys up there, New Hampshire. We're going to let South Carolina be the first one. 
And that's what the Democrat Party said. And New Hampshire said, oh, no, you don't. We're not moving our primary date. So New Hampshire's sticking where it is. And the Democrat Party is sticking where, where it is, too. Because then it turned around and said to New Hampshire, well, you guys do what you want, except that the winner of whatever kind of primary you have before South Carolina is not going to get any delegates at the convention. Because remember, this is what the presidential election uh, process does in the primaries, right? It's awarding delegates to that particular uh, uh, candidate. And then the delegates at the convention choose the nominee. Democrat delegate system is more complicated uh, than on the Republican side. You know, they've got these super delegates and all, but they've got, they've got a, they've got a machine. And, um, but that, so that's the, that's the, 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 so as a result of all this, Biden, not to go against the official position of his party, didn't even, didn't even uh, get his name on the ballot in New Hampshire. So now there's a write-in effort underway in New Hampshire. Let's write Biden's name in if that's who we want. Well, well, well. Then jumps in Dean Phillips. Now, he's been talking for months about, eh, you know, we need a new younger person on the Democrat side. He's been voicing what a lot of people have been thinking and worrying about, that, uh, you know, the party would benefit from a more competitive primary and, uh, you know, Biden is uh, really uh, up there in, uh, in age, et cetera, et cetera. But he's taking the approach now that he, although he's been saying this for months, he hasn't jumped into the race officially until now. Now he's jumped in officially saying something, again, that is obvious to everyone. Biden is not fit to serve a second term. He's just not capable Never mind who wants what or how much he wants or how power hungry he might be or how much the Democrats are going to push for him to stay. It's pure ability, physical and mental ability. And after a while, you fail so miserably, as he does on every single issue, that you can't pretend anymore that you're actually leading the country. So, uh However, what Phillips is doing is not focusing on, oh, oh, he's doing a terrible job. That's not his message. He's saying on the opposite. Oh, you know, Biden is great. He's doing a great job. It's so good that he was president over these, these recent years, but uh, we really need fresh blood. That's the approach he's taking. Not an outright attack on Biden, because he's going to want to sway the, the Biden voters to where? And you see, that's the interesting question, because if, when you jump into a race this late in the game, where, where's your infrastructure? Where, where have you built up your, 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 your donor base and your name recognition and your, your, your track record and, and, and educating people about who you are and your volunteers? And I mean, you, you don't build an infrastructure in just a few months. So What's really going on here? Is this more psychological? And this is what I tend to think, is that you've had a lot of people in the Democrat machine who have been worrying about Biden, thinking that, oh, you know, we really do need somebody else. And Bill Phillips is coming out saying it and now adding to that an official run, at least in New Hampshire, in order to do what? Maybe it's more of a psychological thing in order to give permission, if you will, to 
some other Democrat who has more of an infrastructure already, who has more name recognition, who has more clout, to jump in and do the same. Phillips kind of breaks the ice. You know, yeah, we know there was JFK, but now he's he's on as an independent. Uh, and there's Marianne Williamson too, but she doesn't have a a big uh, big following. But here we have Phillips coming in and saying what a lot of people are thinking, and 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 making it possible for somebody else to come along and say, well, you know, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't initiate this. He he already jumped in, and no reason I can't. And, 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 and also, it's possible here, given the situation now, this vulnerability of Biden in uh, New Hampshire because of this whole dispute between New Hampshire and the, and the Democrat National Committee, uh, that, uh, that Phillips running there in New Hampshire could show Biden's weakness. Maybe he's thinking it would strengthen him. As a candidate, oh, force him to be more competitive and have much more of a campaign going on here than he does. But that's risky because he can also just point out how very weak he is, especially if he doesn't do so well with his write-in campaign. What if Philip comes out like within a, a small margin of Biden? That would be really bad for Biden. Give Phillips a boost, but 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 more specifically. Uh, it just reinforced the idea in everybody's mind that Biden is weak and incompetent. Who knows how this is going to play out, but I figured it's worth mentioning, it's worth thinking about. How much of an effort will Phillips actually put into winning New Hampshire? Who knows? Or is he just trying to make people come out more and say what they're thinking? Who knows? But some strategists have said, but, but if he comes anywhere near like a 20 point um, uh, margin of Biden, that's, that's really, uh, that really shows a lot of weakness on Biden's part. Okay. Well, let's see. There were other things I was going to get to, but I think I'll hold those off until next time. Um, U.S. Senate, people leaving the blue states. Let's hold on to that until tomorrow because uh, there's lots of things that we want to say about that uh, as well. People are leaving the blue states, and I recommend that you do uh, if you at all can, if you, uh, if, you, uh, if you live there. But let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we see dynamics going on here in this uh, Confusion among the Democrats and uh, the concerns that some are voicing and some are afraid to voice. And Lord, we don't know how all this unfolds, but we do know that this party is united in its hatred of America and that the policies it is enacting are proving that. Ripping up the Constitution, ripping up our border, our religious freedom, the right to life of the unborn, just ripping that apart, pushing for unlimited abortion, all these, this moral chaos, this foreign relations chaos, uh, domestic chaos, economy, inflation, crime. Lord, it's, it's once again, as we prayed at the outset, amidst all these winds and waves and storms, we put our trust and hope in you. Above all things, above all people, be our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of need. Send your spirit to console us, to give calm to our spirits, to bless our families, to unite our efforts, 
whether we're working for cultural change or political victory, educational efforts, pastoral efforts, whatever our, our place in this whole movement is, send your spirit to give success to the work of our hands. Bless the personal intentions, Lord, of all those watching now, prayer intentions that are left in the comments and others that are held in the silence of our hearts. And Give us strength to follow you each day with joyful spirits and informed minds and loving hearts. We thank you for this nation, Lord God. We pray for America. Keep this nation solidly on its foundations. Let it not be swept away by this all this political chaos. And Lord, we ask you to bless President Trump and keep him safe from the totally biased, unconstitutional, weaponized efforts of these Democrat judges and courts. Lord God, what a travesty of our Constitution. But Lord, we ask you that the spirit, the positive spirit that he has, that he manifests in everything that he says in these, in these speeches, all these recent addresses and rallies. Lord God, we see that positive spirit. We see that faith in America. We see that deep concern for America. But Lord God, we see the fighting spirit that nothing will keep him down. Nothing will slow him down. Nothing will turn him around. And we thank you, Lord, because that's a manifestation of your spirit when someone is moving in the direction of what is good, what is good for us, what is good for the nation. Continue to strengthen him in that stance, Lord God, in that power. Bless us. Bless all that we do for America. Bless all our intentions, which we now bring together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, stay connected with my ministry at endabortion.us. And remember to pray for Ohio now. Those of you that are in Ohio or you know people in Ohio, very important vote coming up just a week from today. They want to have, the pro-abortion people there want to have a constitutional amendment having an unlimited right to abortion. Absolutely destructive. Urge your friends in Ohio to vote no on that amendment, which is called Issue 1. Vote no in Ohio on Issue 1. Please do everything you can in regard to that and pray for that as well. Endabortion.us is our website. Check us out. Connect with me on social media. I'm at FR Frank Pavone on all the platforms at FR Frank Pavone. Thanks so much for spreading the word about this program. Let's continue to gather, learn, discuss, and pray. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. 
Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. Hello, I'm Evangelist Alveda King with Priest for Life. The great issues of social justice, civil rights, and pro-life in our nation have made progress when citizens take their convictions into the voting booth. It's not enough simply to believe or speak about what is right. We have to elect lawmakers who will pass the right laws. As my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the law can't make my brother love me, but it can stop him from lynching me. Making laws and changing hearts go hand in hand. When people's hearts and minds are changed, they will elect people who will change laws and court decisions. So dear friends, if you're not yet registered to vote, please register today. And when you do go into that polling place, please vote pro-life. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.